live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I'm... No, you know, it's like one of those 80s singers where I just yell out and you're supposed to say, Brian Buckley. And this is being... Oh, God, shut up. Boy, off to a booming start. Um, it's being recorded on April 3rd, 2017. Uh, how's everybody doing? No podcast last week. Oh, by the way, if you're new, if you've stumbled on this podcast and say, what the hell is a Red Ticket Blue and Blue or Blue S... Uh, and I want to know more about it. Well, if you, there's more episodes, probably better than this one, because the beginning certainly sucks, uh, on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, and Google Play. And remember, I uh, will be whoring myself out uh, constantly at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues on Twitter. Uh, no podcast last week. I was traveling, strictly palm tree vacation. I'm going from California to Florida to Puerto Rico, back to California. That's not bad. All those flights, Sacramento to... Fort Lauderdale, Miami to San Juan, San Juan to Sacramento, under $450. How about that? Huh? How about that? I, I was shocked I get it. But anyways, um, I'll talk about that a little later. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to do it. I mean, I, I meant to do the podcast that brought the equipment, meaning a computer or headphones I listened to on the plane and a microphone, the you know, about the half the size of a cigarette box, but couldn't do it. Uh, same reason I couldn't, uh, you know, see a lot of the March Madness games, I've seen family in Puerto Rico, and it's kind of hard to say, well, listen, you know, I know I see it like three times a year, but I really have to watch this virtually meaningless basketball game, and uh, just so I can talk about it on my podcast in a half-assed manner, so didn't get to see a ton, you guys saw a lot of the late games, as I, I mean, I'm not exactly a Sumerian inventing the wheel here, but like I said, LeVar Ball came back into our fucking lives, and uh, we're in a lull right now, but he will be back, oh, we'll talk a little bit about him, he's the guy, he is the guy. That we all say, why is this guy getting attention? But we're talking about him asking the question, why is he getting attention? He's that classic asshole you want to rid yourself of, but you can't. You just can't. The girlfriend, you just always have to... You, you can't get rid of her. She's just always there. You know what I mean? So, anyways. Uh, what, I, what I was going to get into is a little bit of my vacation. but Because uh, I'm sure that's what we all want to hear about. Uh, but I figured it's opening day. It's opening day. Well, uh, you know, they're... they're, they're all the sounds that go along with everything. All of a sudden, on opening day of baseball, we all become like Jim Nance at the Masters. We just totally lose our shit. We're amused by the simplest fucking just nature sounds and, and just smells. And, and, and just we, we, we breathe it in. We just, you know, ingest it. Throw it up. Ingest it again. Uh, we definitely become uh, Jim Nance of sorts. Hello, friends. Oh, do you hear it? Oh, that's baseball. Yeah, that's right. Oh, God. Wow, this is making my life so much better because I had so little to live for before. But now men are playing baseball with bats and balls, and suddenly I have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. But that's how we are. And I know some people go overboard with it, but uh, I, I think there is an element of baseball. Imagine Jim Nance doing fucking baseball. Oh, my God. <sighs> you know, the smell of that cotton candy, Fred, is uh, something that's just... Uh, it's it's an ingestion I, I I can't get rid of. It's it's something that that I always think about. It brings me back to I mean he's the Bob Costas is the poor man's Jim Jim Nance baseball is if that's not confusing enough. But uh, it is the one sport that uh, the opening day. I know football brings that upon a basketball. Who gives a shit? I mean oh wow opening night of basketball. Oh well great. But football there there is that element of all right let's start this thing where every game matters. But the only thing that comes along with football is. You're also bringing in cold weather, most likely. You're bringing in those god-awful Sunday night blues where, yeah, that was an amazing game of football. I am 
have to full drunk. And, oh, yeah, it's uh, 10.30. I have to go to work tomorrow morning. Yeah. Sunday night fucking blues. Or after that. It's, you know what it is? It's after that, like, first quarter or maybe halftime of the 4 o'clock games. And you just look outside and you see the sun going down or already down. And you're just like, oh, yeah. All right. That whole fucking thing. But baseball, we get the fucking point. You love it, Brian. But baseball has started. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the Yankees were the first game of the entire, entire, uh, let's see here. Did I pay for, oh, geez, hold on a second here. Sorry, that's uh, people asking for their money, uh, gamblers. Well, I'm the gambler. Uh, <laughs> it's not a bookie, but a pool. Did you pay? Where's the money? Uh, so we'll get, we'll get that to a friend of the podcast, WFAN Trades, wants his money. And uh, he'll, he'll get it eventually. Just calm down, Jared. Uh, where, where the hell was I? So the Yankees were the first game of the entire baseball season, played in the luxurious and always remarkable... Ba- I mean, when you think baseball, you think of the Tampa Bay Rays Tropicana Stadium, the barren fucking wasteland of metal and concrete that should have been demolished years ago. Um, and the Yankees look like shit. Uh, so for all the... High, you know, it was, it was such a... Like, like I said, all spring trainings are fun. We're talking about Clint Frazier's hair and... Greg Bird's hairless cat, you know, all these just dopey headlines that you can only get away with in spring training. You can't, you can't get away with that shit in the spring train, uh, the regular season, unless you are having an amazing season. You know, Greg Bird's about 220. Let's talk about that hairless cat. Uh, so those are the only things going on, but they didn't look good in the first game. And we're not going to break down every fucking game, but I mean, th- they did not look good. So they lost seven to two. Uh, in the first challenge of the MLB season, uh, the Yankees—I uh, forget who the base runner was. It was Chase Headley or, or whoever, or was it uh, what's his name, Matt Holliday? Um, he was clearly safe at first base. They reviewed it and uh, still called him out. I mean, the call was out, and they left him out. The look on Joe Girardi's face—I mean, you know he was pissed, but it's almost like, am I really going to blow my top in the first half inning, the first game of the entire MLB season? He just had this mystified look, like, what did I do? What, what, what just happened? What, where, where, what is going on? And just said, hey, well, you know. But they look bad. Tanaka looked like crap. Um, but you see the young guys there. They are there. Aaron Judge is there. I, got, I, I, I took a very uh, unpopular opinion. I was in the minority with this. I think people were more in love with the idea of Aaron Judge than, uh, than what Aaron Judge actually is. Aaron Judge is a monster. He is uh, larger than Rob Gronkowski. Who is at WrestleMania? Uh... I shouldn't care, and people who criticize Rob Gronkowski shouldn't care. He just annoys me. He's not a guy getting arrested. He's not doing anything stupid like that. You know, he, he's just being a goofball, and maybe he just enjoys being a goofball. Brian, what do you care? Are you jealous? Of course I'm fucking jealous. This is the same guy who hasn't even used a cent of his game check. He only spends money on the endorsements he has. He has not even cashed, well, he's probably cashed a check. I mean, he's not Willie Mays Hayes and puts it on a plaque. Or no, that's not Willie Mays Hayes. That was the, that was the person who inspired Willie Mays Hayes. That was Ricky Henderson, who his first paycheck. Uh, he the A's wondered what the hell's going on here. Why isn't this check cash? He put it in. I think it was a million dollar check, and he put it in a frame, put it on his wall to remember it. Uh, where the hell was I again? Uh, so, but Aaron Judge, uh, he did he did get a hit his first time up. I, I just think that we're, we're all in love, and he had a good spring training too. But, anyways. You have a new team. New team. Uh, I think people are very hyped, but I think you have to get reality and realize this team is probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, but I was reading something of fan graphs the, uh, the other day. But, you know, Brian Cashman's been wanting to do this youth movement, um, sort of reconstruction of the team for years. And it's the first time that the, the front office has actually accepted it. 
You know, even when he wanted to trade Aroldis Chapman last year, they needed a full 72 hours before the deal was done so that Steinbrenners could talk about it. Steinbrenners family, Hal Steinbrenner, who has actually said in the past, I'm not a baseball guy. I don't know what he had to pontificate uh, with the move. And listen, it, it, it was a shot to say, oh, well, the wild card's over. It's kind of a downer. But, you know, in the long run, this is going to work out. It's not It's not just one game. Uh, okay, get Tanaka the surgery, but all that. So... That was that. And uh, the rest of baseball took over today. And that, of course, the Mets, I don't know how they got their runs, but uh, I, I did see, like, I watched the first six innings where there was nothing going on, 0-0. And Syndergaard looked good, left with a blister after 86 pitches, and they won. And the Red Sox, uh, actually, there's a good article, too, about Jay Bruce, um, who was uh, whining about, uh, you know, how he was getting booed. Well, he, he said he wasn't whining, but whining about how he was uh, getting booed in New York last year. And he, he made this statement. He said, uh, let's see. I don't know how he did today. First of all, and this is with all due respect to everyone reading this, how the fans think I feel or how they create to themselves how I feel or how I look could not have less of an impact on my day-to-day -day life, which is a lie because if it didn't, you wouldn't even be saying that. Um, but the Mets, they won their first one. And the Red Sox, uh, then well, they, Craig Kimball with probably the second, I don't know, not the second, Okay, right now he's in the lead, he's in, he's in the clubhouse there uh, with the most obnoxious. What is with the arm thing? There has to be some sort of explanation by that. The closer for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he made it interesting. We'll put it that way. He made it interesting. It's not as obnoxious as Jonathan Papelbon. It's not as obnoxious as obnoxious as Fernando Rodney, uh, who still did the arrow in the WBC after he uh, blew a game. Uh, <laughs> he, listen, he's sticking to his guns. The man is going down with the ship. He doesn't fucking care. Uh, so the Red Sox, they they ended up winning though. Kimbrel could not blow it, and uh, they they, they, they got to trade one of those outfielders. It's really already annoying me uh, with their dance. Every every uh, Ben Attendee, uh, was many times the recipient of it, hit a home run today. That pygmy is he really taller than? Is he even taller than Dustin Pedroia? I mean, it can't be by much, but he hit a home run, and they're always doing some sort of dance at the end of the game. And I don't want to see it ninety five times. You know, I thought it was it was kind of cute last year. You know, they're coming to the playoffs. They're doing this at Hot Street. He's got called up, and now this is a good thing. Now we've fully established that this is a thing. So we got to do something there. And what else? Uh, quick, I'm not going to break down every goddamn game. And then I saw the Orioles won, and they walk off. The other thing I wanted to bring up in baseball was the uh, San Diego Padres. I don't know if any of you have read this. The San Diego Padres, which we all know, perennially a, a terrible team. Yes, San Diego Padres. Perennial, I mean, when's the last time they uh, they they were in the World Series of Tony Gwynn, the late Tony Gwynn, and now they are nothing. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. I'm sorry. That, that was just so hacky, but I had to do it anyways. But San Diego Padres, again, a, a traditionally awful team. And there's a definitely a reason behind it now. So first of all, let's look at the fact that Clayton Kershaw, yes, the ace for the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, actually makes more money than the entire San Diego Padres roster. So what is that an inclination of? How much money the Dodgers have, perhaps? And, uh, you know, I, I think I think the Yankees did this actually a few years ago with Alex Rodriguez. So Kershaw, the Dodgers ace, makes $33 million a year. The Padres uh, have committed to pay $28 million. It's $5 million less. $28 million to the 25 players on Monday's active roster. But it gets better than that. Wait, there's more. Uh, it gets better than that. The... San Diego Padres are paying more money to players not on their roster than their actual roster. That's not a recipe for success. So you hear a lot about this with college coaches when uh, 
it seems like college coaches, it seems to happen the most because there seems like more of a, I don't even know. It, it seems like you hear more in college, I guess. Uh, when you fire a coach, get rid of them, fire, get another coach, get rid of them. I, I think Memphis at one point, the University of Memphis, uh, Memphis University basketball team was paying three coaches at the same time. But so the San Diego Padres, all right, let, let's, let's get these numbers here, have just over $69 million allotted in 2017. 34.6 of that is for players on the team. And did I just say a different number for the other story? They're two different stories. But uh, get to the point, Brent. $35 million to people not on the team. That's incredible. It, honestly, I saw this on the Comeback uh, website. $6 million, of that dollar, $6 million of that cash that is going to other people is going to Hector Oliveira, who was acquired from the Braves in exchange for Matt Kemp and immediately released by San Diego. They paid $6 million to a guy. They're paying $6 million to a guy this year that they immediately released. He didn't play a fucking game, uh, which is another $60 million is going to Melvin Upton Jr., who's traded to the Blue Jays last summer and got released by Toronto over this past weekend. And $11 million will be paid to James Shields, who was traded to the White Sox last year, about a year and a half into a four-year contract when he signed with the Padres in 2015. Um, and the remaining $2 million will be paid to Jed Yorko, now a Cardinal coming off a 30-home run season last year. Uh, the highest paid player on the team is Will Myers, former uh, Tampa Bay Rays uh, young man, young man, young star, uh, is the highest paid player at $4.5 million, uh, a hair above the MLB average salary of $4.47 million. The MLB average salary is almost $5 million a year. Let's see, the highest paid players on the team, Will Myers, Jared Weaver, and Yankee great young Garvis Solarte. Ooh, baby. So that, those are the San Diego Padres. So next time, whatever team you root for, and you say, God, geez, they are, they, 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 they are terrible. Just remember, you're not a San Diego Padres fan. Because that is a brutal existence, listening to that information. So let's, let's, let's transition away from sports for a second and into my vacation. Because, you know, it's, it's always great seeing family, but I'll tell you, it was not a pleasant experience on the way. So I had an early, early flight. Uh, early flight leaving out of Sacramento. 7 a.m. early. And I'm getting on my, I'm getting to my gate, and I quickly see that there are about 40 to 50 teenagers uh, on my flight, uh, probably religious, something to do with Jesus. I don't know. When I see lots of people together, it has something to do with uh, some Jesus thing. I, that that's just the way my mind is. Um, and they're obnoxious. And, and you know, when you're a teenager, you think you know it all. And and when you hear older people say, oh, teenagers are the worst. You know, you don't know what it's like. You don't know what it's like to identify with hip-hop music when you live in a town of 5,000 people. You just don't get it, mom and dad. It's not like you were ever a teenager. You don't understand. But I'll tell you, man, those fucking kids, so, so loud, so annoying. And so forget all that shit. So we get on the plane. And, uh... You know, everyone's taking their seats, and obviously they don't like their seats. They want to sit with their friends. So it's like almost someone rang a bell as I snapped my fingers. And they just all decided to switch seats and sit next to the people you want. The, there wasn't even an announcement. I mean, the flight attendants didn't even, they just sat there and awestruck. They, you, it was like a stampede. You could not stop this. Right before we're about to take off, there was nothing. It wasn't like, please take your seats, please take your seats. No, nothing. Nothing. So, uh... That finally happens, and I'm just like, oh, God, you know, I'm already half asleep, and uh, I really, it was one of those things when you're in an airport, you feel like you just start drinking at any time. I felt like I should have started drinking, or brought, I did bring some nippers with me, which, I'll get into that in a second, um, 
So the, the plane is now decided. The plane is decided. The plane has a mind of its own. The pilot's, the pilot's no longer necessary. The plane is getting ready. You know, we're about to take off. We're about to start going into the air. And the kids are all, ah, 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 And then we're in the air. And they're, ah! And it was very, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of turbulence in the beginning. A lot of turbulence in the beginning. So every single time the plane made a little, this was from uh, Sacramento to Washington. <laughs> um, so anytime there's a little bit of turbulence, ah, ah, Oh, God. Luckily, I fell asleep and didn't have to deal with any of that. Maybe they were just as bad or maybe they calmed down. I don't know. I fell asleep for a large majority of it. But this is where my vacation uh, takes a turn. So I realized I gotta, I'm got. i going to Fort Lauderdale, and I got a three-hour wait there in Dulles Airport in Washington, D.C. I say, I'm hungry. I need to eat something. So I go to – and I'm saying the name of this restaurant because I want to warn others – and I will tell you that, you know what, I said something to this person, this proprietor, this owner on, on Twitter, no response with what I went through there. So I decided I'm hungry. So I went to Chef Jeff's at the Dulles Airport. And I'll tell you, I regret that decision. I said, hey, Chef Jeff, no, Chef Jeff was not serving drinks. I say, yeah, yeah, beer, and uh, can I get a buffalo chicken sandwich? Not thinking much. Very quickly, very quickly, I got a buffalo chicken sandwich. I thought, that is way too quick for chicken. Way too quick. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I take a bite into it. I think, ah, whatever. You know, Brian, you, what, your concept of time is all fucked up right now. I take a bite. It's not cold. It's not hot. It's, uh, it's warm at best. I thought about sending it back. I did. I said, I thought about, I got this way too quick and this is not hot, my man. You need to do something about this. But I ate it. I ate it and I said, okay, well, whatever. And the guy next to me, as I was getting up from the bar, said, yeah, can I get a buffalo chicken sandwich? I almost said something to him. I almost said, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that. But whatever, nothing was wrong with me. Fort Lauderdale, I go there, I see my parents are there, Mike, Jerry, like I said, I see them, my aunt as well. And hey, you know, it's good, good seeing everybody, wonderful. Uh, that next day, so basically I did a bunch of stuff in the sense of I ate a ton of pizza, drank a lot, lots of coffee, and lots of fried food. Everything you're not supposed to do when you uh, get food poisoning. So the next day, uh, you know, ate more of that crappy food, drank, and I was at a bar with my parents. And I just looked at my mom and I said, something's not right here, as I continued drinking. Uh, something, something is not right with the stomach. Yeah, hey, yeah, okay, Brian, sure. But I don't think my mom was actually that dismissive. I think she asked what was wrong. But I'm, I'm just, come on, it makes the story better. So, uh, you know, that next day, something was not right. And uh, let me tell you something, Chef Jeff, if you're listening. Do you know what it's like going to the bathroom 30 times in one day? Well, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. Because I can tell you, it's awful. And I love my mom, and I love my dad, and I love my aunts, and they are only caring for me. But, you know, I'm sitting there. And many times going to the bathroom, and I get every time getting out of the bathroom, not every time, but sometimes, they'd look at me and say, how'd it go? And I'm just like, well, you know, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Uh, and my mother was saying to me, so what is actually wrong? And I'm like, well, I have to go to the bathroom a lot. It just keeps coming out, and, and, and you know, it hurts. She's like, well, what's wrong? Like, where does it hurt? And I'm just trying not to be graphic until I just finally have to say, my asshole is burning. Uh, so I, 
So, so Chef Jeff, I uh, decided to uh, fill up on a modium because the next day I was getting on an airplane. <laughs> yeah, an airplane running back and forth to the bathroom that was not in existence I wanted. So, uh, yeah, if I didn't get on that flight, it would have avoided the rest of my flight. It would have avoided my rental car. So I said, you know, I got I to gotta suck this up. So down the Imodium went, and obviously, and thank God I did because there was a lot of turbulence on that plane. Oh, boy, things would have been shaking, moving around, and I would, I would have had to get a stool right outside. <laughs> no pun intended. Stool right outside that bathroom if uh, I did not take that Imodium. But life went on. Puerto Rico was fine. I was able to take care of that. Uh, I, you know, I, I love when people say I ran into. I was stringing at the same bar uh, as Lip from Shameless, and like a fanboy, you know, he's 10 years younger than me. He's like, hey, hey, uh, Jeremy. I had to look it up on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, I'm a big fan. Hey, can I get a picture? So corny. But uh, that was that. So I just want to let everyone know, Chef Jeff, you want to avoid the place? That's up to you. If you go there, do not, I repeat, do not get the buffalo chicken sandwich. You will shit your brains out and your asshole will burn. I'm sorry to be so graphic, but sometimes it has to be that way. So next time, you're going to remember it too. You're going to remember it next time you're walking through that airport and you go, Chef Jeff. So I said to this guy several times, my friend was actually starting to get me get me going with this. I'm rambling at this point. We're 21 minutes in. I've barely talked about anything other than, than baseball and Chef Jeff. I tried to get a, get a response. You know, like most people would say, oh, you know, well, I'm sorry you had that situation. You know, direct message me for details and, you know, we'll try to rectify the situation. But no, 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 nothing. Just ignored me. Fuck you, Chef Jeff. Fuck you. Um, so, but that's that's over now. That is over. Back in California, have picked, drinking some Puerto Rican booze, uh, some uh, some rum I picked up. Uh, Ron Ron Barillo picked up in the uh, airport there, duty free. They're trying to sell me the. I don't, do I have alcoholic written on my face? They were trying to sell me everything in that goddamn place. But I'll tell you what about nippers earlier. If you're not buying nippers before you get on a plane, there's something wrong with you. I because I don't enjoy. Paying like eight nine dollars for a drink, where I could buy a nipper for the exact same price—not uh, exact same price—the exact same nipper at a gas station for a dollar. Yeah, I, I, I refuse to pay for booze on an airplane. I refuse to do it. It's ridiculous. And even this booze, even this—the drink that I bought the Dewey Free Shop—I open that on the plane. Yes, I don't care if I'm if I'm getting dirty looks from people because that's what you know what you may get. You may get those. You know, oh God, look at him. He snuck alcohol on there. Like, like the lady on airplane, you know. She says, oh my God, how dare you? And then <laughs> then does coke off the tray table. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. So that's that. That's my vacation. Is anyone still listening to any of this? Good God. Uh, so let's move on here. What, what else are we going to talk about here? The NFL, yeah, Rob Gronkowski, WrestleMania last night. Everyone going nuts on Twitter, WrestleMania. And when I was into wrestling, that was the one event that you did order. WrestleMania and all the stars. A lot of times it was outside, too. It was, it was, it was a big deal. Um, but WrestleMania and Rob Gronkowski, obviously, was part of it. You know, the announcers had to make it. What's he doing? He's a paid fan. He's not supposed to. He can't just go in the ring. Come on, stop, stop, stop it. Um, but I guess it was approved by the Patriots. He basically went in there, went to a three-point stance, and knocked down uh, an opponent of... Uh, the other wrestler, who I guess is a real friend of his. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he ran into this guy. This guy's had, what, three back surgeries since 2009? And coming off the most recent one four months ago? The man is, I don't think he's going to have a very long career in the NFL, but he is milking every cent of that fame, man. Uh, I, I, I get bored of his antics. Alex Rimeron, um from WEI a few weeks ago, we talked about this. 
and uh, and Richard Dice took some shots at him for that. Richard Dice Sports Illustrated, but you know it does get a little tiresome. He's not doing anything wrong. You know, it's not like he's Adrian Peterson, uh, who met with the Patriots today. And listening to the Boston Morning Show, uh, Curtin Callahan, which you've heard me talk about on the show before, I didn't realize this this beating of Adrian Peterson's kid was this bad. I mean, I thought he just hit him with a switch over his ass a few times and people were flipping out. He fucking went to town on this guy's, this kid's testicles and stuffed leaves in the guy's mouth. I mean, we all know he's a shitty father. I mean, he has how many kids? And uh, the one kid he met, you know, right before he died, while well, he was on life support, but uh, it looks like he has left the Patriots facility and he will not be signing with them. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, you did have Robert Kraft come out and say <laughs> last week, Joe Mixon, Oklahoma, who if you haven't seen that video, I'm sure most people have video. Look up Joe Mixon on YouTube, uh, him punching a girl in the face at a bar when he was a freshman. And he's saying he's not on our draft board, even though he's probably the best running back in the entire draft. He's not on our board. We don't do. We don't. We don't recruit players like that. Adrian Peterson. Oh yeah, come on in. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll sit down. Yeah, have, have a seat right there. What do you want? Drink water, wine, anything? Um. So once again, the, the NFL enormous hypocrites. Roger Goodell. I was reading something from Manish Mehta in your Daily News that uh, well, basically he was just taking that Mike Florio, uh, Pro Football Talk, was saying that the owners are a little tired. Speaking of owners. Um, a little tired of uh, Roger Goodell making so much money. I, mean, I think he's made $200 million since he's come into the league as commissioner. And I think part of it is they want to bring down his salary. Because uh, he is, uh, listen, he, he, as Francesca says, he protects the shield. He does not care about the bad press that the NFL does. As long as they are making money hand over fist, it does not matter. And with that, his, his money comes in. I mean, at one point, I think his highest was in 2012, he made $44 million. $44 million. That's a lot of money. So that's the NFL. And again, Colin Kaepernick, who uh, the one who I don't care about, but he seemed to mention every once in a while. Uh, people are still mystified. He is still unemployed. And he's still, listen, I, I, I have called the guy a phony a thousand times. I still think he's an opportunist. However, he's continuing to put his money where his mouth is. He did not buy an airplane to Sudan. Like, let's, let's, let's calm down with that, people. But he did raise a ton of money. I think it was Sudan. And he's still unemployed. And, but the thing is, this is with fans more so. I'm not sure what they're missing here. Colin Kaepernick is not good. He's not the worst quarterback in the world. So you hear Colin Kaepernick defenders say, well, you know what? I see other people get signed that are better than him. Listen, there's a reason. I mean, this, this shouldn't be, I shouldn't have to explain this to people. Colin Kaepernick is a distraction. Whether you fully support what he does. He is a distraction. You know, NFL GMs are not usually social justice warriors. They're not in the business of trying to push this agenda. And he's not good enough to do it. I'll tell you this. If Cam Newton said, you know what? I'm going to start nailing. There wouldn't be a problem. You guys got to understand this. He's not good enough to be a distraction. He's not. He's been, like, the, the, the example people like to use is, well, he's like Tim Tebow. Well, in a sense where he's not good enough to be a distraction, yes, you are right. Is Kaepernick better than Tebow? Obviously. Let, let's not be stupid. Let's not be stupid. This was uh, something, again, this was, uh, moving on from Kaepernick, I should say. Let's try to give some sort of fucking, you know, feasible transition there, Brian. This was something that I probably should have brought up if I had done a podcast last week, but that's Jose Fernandez, um, the uh, Miami Marlins pitcher that was killed 
uh, along with two other people in a boating accident last year, uh, was found to be after an investigation, most probably the driver. Now, we, and now I talked about this when it happened. You know, this is something that, you know, everyone, I was a little weary of all the celebration of Jose Fernandez. The celebration, and listen, the fact that he is, you know, the guy that is most likely responsible for this. I'm not saying he's a terrible person. We should never speak his name again. I mean, he he made a terrible mistake, one that cost his life and killed two people. So let's, I mean, we have to look at this way. If Jose Fernandez were alive, he'd be in jail right now or facing jail time. I mean, he's a celebrity, as lawyers. So, I mean, he probably would still be waiting, but he would probably be eventually in prison. Uh, so we have, you know, we have his, his number retired. There's a street outside the, the Miami Marlins Park for him. So we've gone over, the, we've gone this way because he died. Uh, you know, we, we glorify him. But if he had lived, he would have been a pariah. He would have been someone that fucked up his life. He would have been a case that said, you don't want to be like him. It's strange how things act, but it's strange how things play themselves out. But there's this other element of it that is really disturbing. Um, I guess I, I shouldn't, in a story like this about death, I guess I shouldn't use the word disturbing. It's more pathetic. Uh, and that is the jock sniffery of people, of fans who can't seem to get past the idea that, uh, you know, because they're baseball players, they're not superheroes. Okay. I understand that. So when this, I noticed this, when this came out, this report came out and said, well, looks like Jose Fernandez is most likely probable, most likely and probably, you know, responsible for the deaths of these three people, including himself. You see so many people on Twitter go, we didn't ask for this. Why is this necessary? This doesn't bring them back. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, they do investigations when, when people die. Because he played baseball, they don't just scratch it. What if that was one of your family members? Again, I'm, I'm not trying to... From all accounts, it sounds like Jose Fernandez was a very, very good person. A, a joy to be around. He just made a terrible mistake that ended up costing his life and other people's lives. But the idea that because he played baseball and he smiled and he loved... He was one of those guys where you, you hear announcers say, that's a guy who just really loves the game. I mean, he just... Listen. <laughs> I mean, he really just loves playing baseball. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He loves playing it. Look, look at him. That's an infectious smile that... He, he, the spirit of baseball is running through his veins. Because all of that, you can't see the fact that this guy killed two people. We didn't ask for this. This isn't necessary. This doesn't bring anyone back. Why do we need this? It's so unnecessary. Oh, man. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, I am. I don't mean to make light of this. The guy's dead. And so are two other people. But the idea that you want to dismiss the actions, the irresponsible actions. This is, we've all done dumb shit in our lives where we could have died. I certainly have. And especially, a lot of times, with alcohol involved. But you know what? The idea that because he played baseball, we're supposed to forget it. It, it makes me sick, actually. Some of you people have your nose so far up people's athletes' asses. It's ridiculous. It's officially a hate podcast at this point. Uh, <laughs> and I guess the last thing uh, that I want to get into, um, the UConn women. The UConn women, I'll tell you, uh, I was ripping... Eh, not really ripping. I was more ripping Richard Dice than actually uh, than than basketball itself, women's basketball itself. But you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, UConn loses, and that's an enormous story. I felt like more people were actually into the finals than ever, and it, I didn't watch it. And that's not a misogynistic thing. I just I don't watch a lot. I don't want to watch a lot of men's sports, uh, and I wouldn't know anybody on the team. 
Even men's basketball. I mean, I'm doing this on a Monday. I mean, the game is starting. It looks like uh, let's see, in 19 minutes, and I'm doing a podcast tonight because there's not really a ton of buzz around it. I mean, I, I don't know what you want me to say. I mean, Gonzaga, North Carolina. I mean, I'm going to watch the game, obviously. But I mean, do you want to break down that shit? Do you? Do, 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 do you really? I, it doesn't really do it for me. It doesn't. But the UConn women, uh, well, it's, it's easy to take shots and say no one cares. And we've all talked about how you, you know, women's basketball is, 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 is there's only a few good teams. You got to admit, whatever, the, what is it, 108, 110? I don't know. That's an amazing achievement in anything. That's an amazing achievement in, 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 in any sort of, in tetherball, in any sort of competitive thing for a team to win that uh, is pretty remarkable. So hats off, yes, on this podcast, hats off to the UConn women for the last few years of perfection. And Gino Ariano being classy after the game about it, too. And uh, if you look at his history, not the most classy guy in the world. Uh, but what can you say? It, it's, it's a long streak. It will it, That is a streak you always hear about. What streak will never be broken? That one won't be. That one will not be broken. So... Uh, that's the podcast. I'm gonna, I was going to talk about it. What was I going to talk about? Yeah, let's see. Is anyone? Da, 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 da. Oh God, that 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 golfer, Jesus, Levy Thompson, women's. We're, we 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 had a lot of we had some bowel movements. Uh, we had about beating uh you know eating uh, food poisoning, being too too cheap to actually buy booze on an airplane, and we're ending the podcast with women's sports. I mean, it's it's a grab bag, potpourri. Um, but how about Lexi Thompson, who is on the women's tour? Who this happened in men's golf a few years ago? I forget who was actually involved, but she moved her ball, you know, a half an inch, I guess, before she was gonna putt. And some jackass watching at home, watching women's golf, decides to call the LPGA. And I, where does what is this number that you call on? I guess it's easier now with Twitter and stuff. They probably have an open direct message where you can be like, "Excuse me, I'd like to report a violation," but reported a violation on this woman. And the next day, or two days later. One of, one of the, 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 you know, the officials, people was like, listen, we got to talk to you. We got to penalize you for strokes. They cost her like $150,000. This jackass sitting in his lazy boy with his hand down his pants, wishing he was probably dating Lexi Thompson. And I'm assuming it's just a guy. I don't know why. I have a face of a guy. Maybe it's a catty woman. That bitch, she isn't doing anything. So I'm taking shots at both sides here. I'm an equal opportunist hatist. Hatist? Hater. Hatist? Um... But Jesus, they, four strokes, two for incorrect, uh, you know, for, for the violation and two for signing a, a incorrect scorecard, which I don't know how she, you can actually do that. That second one, she did what she was supposed to do. So, you know, she signed it the way that it happened. Correct. So I don't understand that four stroke, but it cost her $150,000. Fanboys and anti-fanboys. Fanboys of Jose Fernandez. Anti-fanboys Lexi Thompson. I'm fucking just rambling at this point. Remember, you can always listen to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube. And uh, remember to leave a review. Uh, it will only take a few minutes of your time. You don't need to go on Twitter and see if anyone liked your pizza tweet. Because guess what? No one did. They like my pizza tweet because I have slightly more followers than you. That's why. Neither joke was funny. But just take the time off from that and go to iTunes and put that in. I would appreciate it. Or Stitcher. Whatever one you prefer. It always helps the show. Spread the word. Spread the word. I mean, how? Can, where else can you find content like this? I mean, Christ Almighty. Um, what the hell was that noise? I swear, my neighbors. My fucking neighbor. I'll tell you about him. 
made me take off my garbage cans. And he says, I have to put them in my garage. I can't have them out here anymore. He's on the housing authority committee. This is completely uh, unnecessary to the podcast, but I just looked at my garbage cans and felt like saying I didn't want to yell because I didn't want to be though he's 90 years old, so he can't hear me anyways. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at BrianBuck13 and at RedTicketBlues. And uh, with all that being said, I love it.